So I want to, um, man, Elder Hoskins, you said a mouthful. A mouthful. A mouthful. And it's interesting because the example that you used about um, Moses sending them to, to check out the land and them seeing themselves as grasshoppers. I was listening to a sermon just yesterday and the uh, pastor used that same example. And, you know, sometimes the war that we have is, is not just with the enemy, but it's within us. It's with ourselves and the way that we see ourselves. Yeah. And so, you know, the way that we see ourselves and view ourselves affects, impacts our thinking. Our thinking is going to impact our behavior. And so if we see ourselves as small and as victims, um, then we're going to behave like victims and not victors. And so it is so important for us to understand that we are not our trauma. We are not defined by our collective experiences and the things that we have gone through. We are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That is what his word says. So we have to see ourselves the way God sees us. And so one of the um, illustrations that I heard yesterday was just about, you know, us, you know, we have this vision of Jesus as meek as this lamb, but we forget that he's also the lion of <laughs> yes, Jesus. Sir. So if he is the lamb and the lion, then what does that say about us? Yeah. Yes, sir. We're not just our situations and our circumstances. Glory We're not God. grasshoppers. We are victorious. Yeah. Hallelujah. We don't have to be defined by those situations. <clears throat> we need to experience healing, however that needs to come about. And we'll yes, talk sir. about that next. But we are not our circumstances. Yeah. And what we also have to realize is that we are living this life to live again. Yes, yeah. ma'am. So Trevor was mm-hmm. talking about you know, talking about good and that situation. Um, he was talking about the Garden of Eden earlier and our definition of good and understanding that we live in a fallen world. But guys, there's life after this life. Yes. Jesus said he went away to prepare a place for us. Yes. So that where he is, we may be also. And so he is he has prepared. He's preparing a place for us. There is eternity. There is something beyond this. So it's not just suffering. You're going through this stuff and you're done. He says we suffer to reign with him. Yeah. And so there is um, a purpose. There's a purpose for what we go through, but we don't need to define our lives and define ourselves by our circumstances. Amen. Bishop, I know you have some other comments. I'll stop right there. Oh, thank Hallelujah. you. Oh, so, yeah. This is this is just stirring up a lot of things in me. Um, um so I want to go back to, want to talk about that the giants don't matter to God. Thank you for saying that, Elder Hoskins. Because when you said that, I also thought about David facing Goliath. And when the entire Israelite army was afraid, David said, I will fight. And David went to Goliath and said, you come to me with a sword and a shield, spear, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. So David had this confidence that he built up. So he didn't have this, this self-esteem issue um, uh, that, uh, that the rest of the army had. So this is real. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the things I want people to see out of this and hear out of these conversations is that um, the Bible is not just stories for us to read about and know. Yeah, It's examples for us to, to learn from, to glean from. Yes, absolutely. At the messages when, when Trevor was talking about the movie, it's a good life. I've watched movie after movie after movie, and sometimes I don't get the messages. 
read the Bible. When I read the Bible, uh, you know, I can get the message out of it. That mm. it's not just for me to, to know the stories, but it's for me to learn the lessons and glean from it. And uh, the fact that 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 Satan loves to catch our our, our children when they're young. That's so important. Mm. So mm-hmm. if, if young parents could get this and notice behaviors and know that they're when your children are acting out and whatever, it's not cute. Right. You know, when you're letting them watch everything on television and all of these different videos, and then they're acting like these characters, it's not cute. We need to be observant. And I know people say you're being too strict, you're being too narrow, you know. You know, but but you got to realize the warfare that we're really in. Yes. And 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 because if he can get the mind when it's young, uh, then he will keep you off base the rest of your life. I shared this um, with the group before we came on camera. When I was in, in seminary, in my field education class, one of my field education or clinical education classes, I was assigned to the traumatic plastic surgery unit at, at um, uh, what, the hot main hospital in Atlanta. I can't think of the name of it. Anyway, uh, not Emory, but it's the one that most of the poor people went to <laughs> at that time. Um, the traumatic plastic surgery unit. And so, I, and when we would have conversations with people as we were sitting there, we had to we have to write the conversation up. There's a term for that that I can't think of right now. Uh, write up your conversation. Then you go back to class and you put verbatims. You have to do this. You have to repeat. You have to read your ver- verbatim or copy it and give it to your class members. And they would have the opportunity to analyze that conversation. Well, this particular day, uh, and maybe more than one day, I had this guy who had been burned. Um, and he didn't have, his fingers were burned off. You know, his face was all scarred up, just really, really in a bad situation. And that particular day, he said, I want to smoke. Will you, will you light a cigarette for me? He couldn't hold his, he couldn't hold a cigarette. And, you know, me being, trying to be strict holding this, you know, and, and whatever. I don't, I don't, today I don't smoke and, you know, so I don't, but I, that man had a need, and I and I agreed to meet that need. I, I lit the cigarette. I held the cigarette while he smoked. When I wrote all of this up and I got back to class uh, the next day, next couple of days, and as I'm presenting my verbatim, the professor asked the question. He made the statement, you identified with this man. What was it about this man that made you identify with him? And that question went deep. Yeah. And before, when I tried to answer, I just broke down and cried. Mm. Because the reason I identified with that man, and a lot of times people don't think about this, is because of, I grew up in a good family, a loving family, but there are some things that happened in my life that hurt me deeply that I didn't know how to deal with. So what you do is you repress those things. Yeah. And, and, and unless the Lord intervenes and, 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 and brings you to that place where these things are talked about and dealt with, that will keep you bound up for the rest of your life. Yeah. That day was a breakthrough for me in that particular class because the question was asked. 
Mm. What was it about you that caused you to identify with that man? A young man, when we were doing an after-school program, a young man uh, was in jail, out of, in and out of jail all of his life. And, and one day, um, he had seen his father killed. Well, his father was the first one on the scene mm. as a child. And that messed him up, but nobody dealt with that. So one day, a counselor asked him the question, what did it feel like mm. when you saw your father's body? Mm. Lord and, cried and said, nobody has ever asked me that. Right. Mm. Yeah. That was a turning point, according to this counselor, a turning point in that person's life. So a lot of times as Christians, you know, we have to be very careful that we don't get too holy and, you know, right. and too in the Lord that we don't, uh, that we don't ask the right questions. Yeah. And when, even when we are counseling people that we let them talk and that we ask leading questions so that, so that they can talk about, it. because a lot of times we have answers ourselves and our struggles, but nobody gives us the opportunity to talk about it or get to the deep things. Right. Sometimes we're just giving answers. We have all of the advice, all of the counsel. Listen, we need to let people process things and ask the right questions. And I want to throw this in because this came up, this is a trauma situation. We've talked about how older people don't talk about a lot of times they don't talk about what they go through. And that's true because of what they've gone through and who could they talk to that would understand. A lot of them would talk about things among themselves. Yeah. But my wife and I was watching a documentary last night about Mississippi and Natchez and the Armstrong plant bombing. I don't know the name of it. But this man, just to give you one incident, this man, a black man was hired at Armstrong Tire Plant the first black man to get this job that a white person should should have had. The next day, or that evening, the first day in this new job, that evening, the Klan planted a bomb under his truck. The intent was that when he got off at the at a particular time that he would this bomb would explode in the black community. Well, he ended up working over, and and when at eight o'clock that night, when he was turning out of a certain street there in Natchez, where my wife is from. That's when it blew up. Mm. So this was back in 1967, I think it was. His family is still dealing with the trauma. Yeah. His son was seven years old, I think. His daughter would, you know, he had young children. And and so, you know, and people don't want to recognize this, and you can't. Absolutely. Black people have been traumatized. Yes. Yeah. All right, Trevor. And and, yeah. and sometimes sometimes our younger people don't understand because they haven't been through this mm. and haven't lived through it, you know. But older generations lived through so much stuff that they couldn't talk about. What is it like for you to be a woman working working in a white man's house and he has sex with you and you have his child and you can't tell it, you can't talk about it. <laughs> And then you got one child that's different color than the rest of the children. You just have to grow up with this thing because that's the way it was. This is true. I mean, again, white people don't, and I don't want to bring the race card in, but they don't understand when we start talking about this and the stuff that we've gone through. And, you know, it's just, you know, this should be another topic. So maybe I'll just stop talking about that. (laughs) (laughs) 
And I wanted to bring in this too about trauma. And because black men, a lot of times black women could have access to things and black men could not. Um, you know, a lot of times men have gone into, into marriages traumatized and, and women don't know how to deal with this. And so they continue to emasculate men in the marriages. Uh, mm. are in relationships they don't know how to how to build up the, you, you know you think your man ought to be this your man ought to be that and then you find out that he's not but you continue to do that do that emasculating stuff that makes him feel less than nothing yeah. you know it's, it's this 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 issue is deep it's it's deep and and we've never been through trauma healing sessions well, you know, you know you, you, you try to live and try to minister, and you yeah. know, Bishop, well, you, you know, I, you know, I'm thinking when you said that the scripture that says the heart is to seeple above all things and desperately wicked. Desperate. So, in other words, when I thought about how we can, we can, um, what we're looking for, we we segment. I mean, or segment things in our psyche. Mm -hmm. And if we don't want to deal with it because we can't get rid of it, but we have to push it back. Mm -hmm. You understand what I'm saying? And I, and, and, yeah, and I'm thinking about like a stove, you know, something yeah. that's not primary, I'll put it on the back burner. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? But then, you know, there are times when the heat may be turned up on that situation, you know, and all of a sudden what I put on the back burner is now cooking. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And it's getting me in some type of mind, you know, and so it's bringing back those feelings. And I thought about this too, when we was talking, David and Saul, both Saul, uh, the Lord told Saul, I, I come and got you when you were small in your own eyes. Mm. Okay, so I'll let you know that small half issue going on. Mm. Well, David, when Samuel went to anoint one of Jesse's son, Jesse did, did, didn't even call David. So David had a reason, but both of them dealt with it differently. Yep. Saul did not build a relationship with the Lord. Mm -hmm. David did. Mm -hmm. Right. David that's built good. a relationship. And so that's how David was able to deal with it. Well, you, you, you follow David's life. You see, he still had issues. Oh, yeah. He had issues. issues. He had things <laughs> that every now and then crap up. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. You know. Just and, like and, us. And, 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 mm -hmm. and one of them could have been he had uh, created this hiding place mm. that he would go away and hide. And he uh, he let women, mm -hmm. okay? Mm -hmm. He let women uh, nesthetize that uh, uh, a particular place. He allowed women, because he had, what, 700 wives? Or, or he had a bunch of them. No, he had a bunch about, of them. You're talking that's, about Solomon. That's um, Solomon. Well, it's Solomon. Yeah. Yeah, okay, Solomon so, had, had 1,100, I think. Yeah, he but, had another. But David... <laughs> David had Any a women? lot of wives. David had a, a lot of wives too. Yeah. Anything and, and, more than and, and, one is too many. And it's here. Wait a minute, Trevor. And to show you just how bad it was yeah. when, he, when, when he was old and sick and they wanted to see if he was dying. They put a young woman in bed. Young woman there. That's a dog. <laughs> you know, I ain't never thought. I ain't never thought about that, man. Good. He had, he had it bad, but this man leaned wow. on. God, Goodness Solomon, gracious. I mean, uh, Saul did not lean on God. Yeah. And I think that's a, a great place for us to um, sort of tie this all up. Um, mm -hmm. You know, leaning on God. I heard Bishop talk about situations where 
breakthrough took place and turnarounds took place? How do we get there? What do we what do we do? How do we get to that point where we are experiencing breakthroughs and turnarounds in our situations and dealing with that trauma? I know for me, um, Trachelia, when Pastor was talking and he was talking about, you know, when, when I gave my experience and he said that, um, you know, I, I came I came to church, even though I could not function, I couldn't I didn't feel like I could function in church. I could not stay away from the church. I was sitting in the back, but I was there. I knew that I had to be in the sanctuary. There's a scripture that says, uh, I think it's Psalm 63. It says, in a dry and thirsty land Mm. where no water can be found. So I've looked for you in your sanctuary Mm-hmm. To see your power and, and your glory for your love and kindness is better than life. And that right there helped me. It helped me. And so I want to say this to anyone that has found themselves kind of falling away from the sanctuary. Okay, mm. because you you're, you're experiencing trauma or you've experienced some type of hurt. It could be relational wise. I want to encourage you a part of your healing in it can be found in the sanctuary. There is something about watching the uh, sermon virtually versus being there in person. There is an environment that is created for you in the sanctuary to help your healing process if you will mm-hmm. embrace it. So my my thing here is bind yourself to the side of God. If you have to say, God, bind me to your side and mm-hmm. find yourself in the sanctuary. You may not want to come. You may feel salty about coming. You may feel that no one is paying you any attention. But I tell you, if you get to the sanctuary, the power and the presence of God are going to help you in your traumatic times. He will he will help you. He is not going to um, leave you out there um, without help. That's right. Jesus Christ sent the helper. Holy Ghost is your helper. And I promise you, in the sanctuary, you will find what you need. So don't stay away. Come on. Come on back to the sanctuary and allow the Lord to use that along with other healing methods to heal you of your your trauma or or your distress or the stress or whatever you're going through. Amen. Thank you so much for for sharing that. Um, I think that, um, you know, one of the things that we we learn about in the word of God over and over again is about forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And sometimes the key to our breakthrough or part of that is forgiveness. Yeah. And I've heard minister smalls do some talks on forgiveness and the importance of it. Um, we have to remember that we are not without sin. And first Jesus, he forgave us. We have been forgiven. And so it's hard as it is as a scripture and I think somebody might have mentioned this scripture earlier, um, but the scripture talks about in Ephesians 4 and 31, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. Mm-hmm. Some of us have, have um, 
dealt with trauma and still have to face and deal with our offenders yes. or the people who have caused that issue. Yeah. And I tell you firsthand that there were some adverse childhood experiences and that's a whole nother uh, Zoom conversation. <laughs> um, and we, we call them ACEs, but some adverse childhood experiences that I experienced as a child. Um, when you take, if I were to take that exam, I scored a seven out of 10 when it came to the number of adverse childhood experiences. And one of the things that my mother taught me when I was young and I didn't get it, she taught me about forgiveness because there had been, there were some things that were done to me and -hmm. some things that were also, um, chronic trauma, things that I experienced years and years and years. And my mother said, forgive. And I remember being about 10 years old and I was like, what you mean forgive? Like, how, like, are you are you serious right now? Do you realize what has happened to me? But right. at a young yeah. age, I began to understand what that meant to forgive mm. um, and what it means when the scripture says that that God is next to the brokenhearted and he saves those who is crushed in mm. spirit. Yeah. God loves you. God does not want you to walk around downtrodden and walking around harboring ill feelings. I learned to forgive. And I learned that because my mother was a believer and she taught me about Hallelujah. And Mm -hmm. she had known much more trauma at her age than I had seen, even though I was a kid and thought that Mm -hmm. what could be worse, she Mm -hmm. had experienced more but was able to tell me that I needed to walk in forgiveness. And because of that, I am able to Hallelujah. Um, have pleasant conversations with the person that caused me harm. Hallelujah. I'm able to pray for them. I'm able to um, just have peace about the situation. Glory I face God. that person all the time, but mm. I have peace because I forgive, I forgave. And that was only because that was what I was taught that was in the word of God. And so in that situation with forgiving, a lot of times when we get to that point where we forgive, we can experience some, some serious relief. You might notice that that, those symptoms and that depression that you've been dealing with and that anxiety and all of those things, you begin to see some relief from those things. Hallelujah. You will just unburden yourself. The forgiveness is not for the person, but it is for you. It's for you. It's for you. Awesome. I mean, I remember um, one of the the uh, quotes that I learned, especially speaking to forgiveness before I say my other part, was that unforgiveness is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. Person to die. Um, You know, like and 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 there's a lot of truth in that because um, unforgiveness causes reactions inside of you that are Mm -hmm. abnormal. I know I said that. Um, but yeah, for that, but but yeah. it's it's true, you know, like like and it it will it will hurt, um, and it will it will twist, and it will it will it will shake, and it will break parts of you that used to be wonderful, um, and and trauma does the same thing, um, there there you know there are things I remember myself doing when I was younger that I'm finding myself doing again close to forty, but I was like, why did it take me so long to come back here? <laughs> um, you know, like, like literally, you know, you, you process that, you know, like I was, I used to draw every single day. Mm. Um, I went to college for art, um, and inexplicably I changed it to mathematics. The, um, and, and that shift, I didn't even know how much that affected me. Uh, I'm an artistic person, person. I love art. Um, mm. but I also enjoy math, but, but, um, you know, inside of me, I didn't know that that was a war. 
I didn't understand how 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 profound an effect like me not being able to do art was doing to me. Um, and that's simple. Once again, it may not be um, traumatic in, in a sense that people would think about it. But when I was a younger, the only reason I got to college was because of my art. It wasn't because of math. I got scholarships because of my art. Um, you know, I, I think I paid my whole first year because of art. Um, then I got to college and realized that, you know, I wasn't, I mean, at least I told myself I wasn't that good. So I quit. Um, I quit and I went into math, you know, as my second, you know, and, and those are things that, you know, for younger people, you know, especially um, children that were raised in places where they thought that they were the smartest kid. And then they go to a place where they see like, like a person that's been put into an aptitude program that goes well beyond their understanding. And they get to see how a person without a, without a cap on them, could excel in education. The um the the self-esteem killer um yeah. for, for people who have gone to college and have quit. Um and, and that's something that I've dealt with from multiple people. But for us in this um situation, I would always encourage people to, to do their best to be honest with yourself. Yeah. You know, be honest with yourself uh in the midst of this because we um when we're when we're dishonest, you don't know what path is going to break for you going forward. If you know that you're weak in this area, but you keep telling yourself you're strong, there is a snag on this road that, that will catch up to you. Um, and, and, and trauma is, is like you just having that when you need to run, you, you forget to run. Um, you know, you have to find that way to be honest with yourself as, as much as possible. And don't be afraid to bring that to the Lord. Our Lord does not have virgin ears. Um, you know, like, like, like that's something that I think that in legalistic circles for, for the faith, um, they have made it seem as if God can't speak to a, um, a, a person who, who sins. I don't understand that, but, but it has, but you, the vibe is there for, um, for certain people, you know, they don't think that they're comfortable praying to God about the problems that they have because they think they may offend God, but God does not have virgin ears. Um, you know, and, 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 to, and to just be um, be honest with yourself and be honest to the Lord in your walk. Um, and, and when you need to take a break, please take one. Take um, it. <laughs> <laughs> please, yes. please take one. I mean, like, like yeah. the, the world yeah. continues on, um, uh, you know, and, and sometimes, like I said, even with leadership and with other things, you know, we want to move and do things. But um, I don't want to be like Elijah. In that, in that moment yeah. where, 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 where his trauma caught up to him so bad yeah. that he that he denied the reality of God in the world. He said, I'm the only one left. That that what what madness have you have you concocted in your mind to believe that God does not have a plan? Um, you know, like like in that moment, he let everything go, you know, and the Lord was still very gracious to him to bring him back. Praise God. Yeah. You know, so so that's why I said, uh, Lord, like he listens and he hears and he still has compassion on you, even when you don't think that he should. He will. So. Hallelujah. Thank you, Trevor. Any additional comments? I, I, I would just add in closing um, that um, building that relationship with the Lord. And uh, realizing that God is there. Now, that, that, that's way, mm -hmm. where the rubber meets the road a lot of times. We'll get upset when things happen because we wonder why they happen. I'm going to just tell a story right quick. I've told us before. 
I was working and I was working on a, a machine that glued boxes. And um, they had just got the machine in and they said, let, you know, give it to Warren, you know, give him enough time, he'll get it. So I was learning to set it up. Well, this particular morning I was setting it up and I went to move a belt on the machine while the machine was running because it was easier. You weren't supposed to do it that way, but it was easier to move it that way. I went to move it. My hand got caught between two rollers. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the the roller kept going. So it burnt the skin off my hand. But let me back up a t- and tell you what the Lord had done prior to this. Don't understand it. I was sitting uh, uh, at lunch break one day. And I'm going through my Bible. I had a Thompson Chain reference Bible. So I'm running these references. And I remember these scriptures stuck out to me. And they had to do about healing. Psalm 6 and 2, Psalm 3 and 2, Psalms 103, verse 3, Psalms 107, verse uh, uh, 120, verse 7, 107, verse 20, and Psalms 91. All of these, you know, and I told this girl after after, uh, lunch was over, I say, God must really want me to remember these scriptures because I can't forget them. Mm. When I got my hand caught in that machine, mm. it was it, it, it looked bad. Mm. They thought they thought I was gonna lose my hand. They called ahead to the hospital, got the trauma center ready. Trauma, right? Got the trauma <laughs> center ready yeah. and said he, you know, like he's gonna lose his hand. Well, a friend of mine called my wife. He had just got married, hadn't been married a year yet. Called my wife and said, need to get to the hospital. And this guy didn't know. He said, look bad, one might lose his hand. My wife freaks out. Come oh, Lord me. have mercy. So when she's over the hospital, she's standing in the, the room where they're running all the x-rays and whatnot. I'm hurting because, uh, you know, the roller smashed my hand. And mm-hmm. then my hand started trying to come back, you know, mm. started trying to pump up a little bit. It was so painful. I asked my wife, I said, do you have your Bible? She had a Bible in her pocketbook. Mm-hmm. She pulled her Bible out. I started calling these scriptures out to her that the Lord had given me. When I called these scriptures out, God is my witness. My hand popped up. The, the nurse hollered and asked the other nurse, did you see that? Because my hand came back to the number side. Guess what I had? I had a chip fingertip. Mm, a wow. fractured fingertip. Oh, wow. It was, it, 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 it was so, it, it, you know, because it was the crushing that they thought I was going to lose it. It was so miraculous that they let me go home and didn't treat the burn uh, uh, adequately. Wow. I went back and found out I had second degree burns. So I had to have skin wow. graft. But my point is, they thought I was going to lose my hand. God had given me those those scriptures. To this very day, I can't forget those scriptures. But that's the way God dealt with it. Mm. You know what I'm saying? We had a house fire um, one Saturday morning. We'd, we done something this Saturday, that Saturday that we don't ever do. We went to a little league football game. But we don't we don't go to the league football game, but all of us went. Come back, house on fire. Wow. It, it was an electrical fire that came off of the power line, came down the wall into our front room, right? Mm. If it would have happened that night, all the kids were sleeping on pallets mm. in the living room. So mm-hmm. my point is, is that we don't know why God do things the way he do them, mm-hmm. but we got to have faith that he is not trying to kill us. Amen. It's not our enemy. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Wow. Is it my turn to? Yes. Go ahead, sir. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, 
you know, I, I, I'll say this again. I really want uh, those who are listening uh, to this ministry to listen carefully. Uh, trauma comes in so many different ways. There, 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 there are some things that we have not talked about. Absolutely. Um, and But the things that we have talked about, we want them to speak to whatever form of trauma you've gone through or you are going through or you will be going through in your life. And remember several things. And this, 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 we started this conversation uh, because someone talked to Minister Smalls about just feeling, um, how, did, how did they say it, Minister Smalls? Help me here. Um, pretty much, um, how, how do you keep the fire burning? Yeah. That's, what, that's yeah. what that question was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, so this is a real part of this. This is how we started this conversation. Mm-hmm. And so if you're going through trauma, it's going to be difficult for you to keep the fire burning. But you've heard some things in here. It, you're not doing this on your own. The Holy Spirit brought those scriptures back to Elder. First of all, directed him to to the scriptures before he had that accident. Yeah. And when he was in the hospital, he wasn't hollering and screaming. And, oh, Lord, what happened to me? He asked his wife to read the scriptures. That's how the Holy Spirit works. I thought earlier on be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Yes. And so as we're going through life, Holy Spirit is continually working with us to help us to be transformed for believers now, for the for the non-believer, he's trying to draw you to him. He sees you. He knows what you're going through. He loves you. He, he doesn't want you to go through what you're going through, but, but this is a part of life and you're going to go through. Yeah. And so he wants these experiences to draw you to him so that he can minister to you. But as long as you keep rejecting him, you're rejecting his help. But for the Goodness. believer... We have to continually be renewed in the spirit of our minds. God is working. God yes. is working even now, even today. As you've heard us talk, the Holy Spirit is working and ministering to your heart, to your situation, because he loves you. And, and, and for, you know, Minister Simon mentioned forgiveness. Um, and that's so, I mentioned how, you know, Black people have been traumatized but listen, saints, we can't stay there. Right. We can't stay there. We can't be angry with white people or Caucasians or whoever, Jews. You know, we can't, as believers, we can't get, can't get caught up in the world's way of dealing with the situation. Yeah. Because we've been traumatized, we can't stay there. We got to forgive. You know, we got to love everybody. And we got to work together to go forward and put these things in their places. I'm going to wrap my part up by sharing several scriptures with you. And I'm just going to read the scriptures and, and let them minister to you. First Peter 5, 7, casting all your anxieties on, anxieties on him because he cares for you. Yes. Isaiah 41, verse 10, fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Psalm 107, verses 13 through 16. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. He brought them out of darkness and the shadow of death and burst their bonds apart. 
Let them thank the Lord for steadfast love. Steadfast yes. love. God's love is not dependent on how we act toward him. God Hallelujah. loves us. For his wonders works to the children of man. For he shatters the doors of bronze and cuts into the bars of iron. Hallelujah. Psalm 91, verses 4 through 6. He will cover you with his pinions. When I thought of that word pinions, I thought about an eagle that has those mm -hmm. spikes. His claws. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, His claws and those spikes to cover you. Under his wings, he, you will find refuge. His faithfulness is, is a shield and buckler. You will not fear the terror of the night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in darkness. All of these traumatic things nor the destruction of the destruction that wastes that new day. And the last one I want to share is, and I got a whole lot of them, but, but, I, <laughs> but listen, listen to this one. But whoever listens to me will dwell secure and will be at ease without dread of disaster. Ooh, mm. glory. Amen. You heard us talk. That's good. You're sharing the word of the Lord. And our experiences with the Lord, with what the Lord has done. Will you listen? Yeah. Have you been trauma? If you're in trauma today, if you're experiencing some type of trauma today, listen. Holy Spirit is trying to reach you. He's trying to help you. Hallelujah. Because he loves you. Yes, 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 yes. He doesn't want to see you going through feeling like there is no help, that nobody cares. If nobody physically sees you, you're not hidden from his eyes. He's Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Well, this has been oh, wow. a rich and very deep discussion and we could go on. Um, and so we thank you for taking the time to watch and to listen. And we pray that this is a blessing to you. Please know that if you are in need of mental health help, um, your emotional and your mental wellness are important to the Lord as well. Mm -hmm. And he has put people here to help with that. So Amen. please, um, if you're not sure where to go, if you are wanting to seek therapy, you're not sure where to go, send us a message. Yes, please. Um, please send us a message. Um, reach out to us so that we can share resources with you. Please reach out. Reach out to our pastor. Yes. Um, we're so grateful that you decided to spend this time with us today. Thank you. Thank you all.